Hey companions, uh, this is Peter. And this is Tom. And this is a pre-recorded episode from our former feed, TV Ape My Brain. So uh, this episode is still there, but we decided to put these on Cobra Kai Companion, so that way you guys get to hear all the stuff that we have done previously. Yes. Basically, it's the same uh, Tom and Peter, same show, just a little bit more directly uh, fed to you. And here it is. Welcome to TV My Brain, the official TV podcast of Core Temp Hearts, the Cobra Kai edition. Uh, this episode will be covering episode 7, titled All Valley. Uh, I am your host, Peter, also host of Postalgic. And I'm Tom. I'm uh, the co-host of Jake and Tom Conquer the World. I, you think? Is that? Is I, I, I think so. You think so? Okay. I think that's right. I'll, I'll have to double check and I'll let you know <laughs> if you got it wrong. But uh, here we are. We are covering each episode individually of the uh, YouTube Red exclusive series, Cobra Kai. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that we're both at least fans of the first movie. Uh, I, I really enjoy the second one, uh, three and four. What, what are those? But uh, we did cover... All those movies on my show, Postalgic, and that's why we're here to cover these. And hopefully you've been uh, joining in on the ride. You know, we've been enjoying doing these episodes, and we hope that you guys have been enjoying listening to us. So uh, just like any episode, we'll uh, jump right into it. Um, Daniel, uh, we start off with Daniel. He's showing Robbie some very unique cleaning techniques. So I guess, you know, to kind of take a page out of Mr. Miyagi's handbook, he is trying to use any opportunity uh, throughout Robbie's day to learn some different things to kind of build that muscle memory. And we get a little bit of the Bill Conti score here, too, kind of like we did in the last episode. So I really like this. Now, uh, I, I thought there were two things that kind of stuck out to me on this one. One, I thought it served as a great counterpoint to Johnny, where, you know, he's literally just having uh, Miguel scrub the toilet on his hands and knees. <laughs> but two, my wife actually kind of brought it up where maybe it was a little bit too on the point where it was a little bit too much of a, a repeat of the first Karate Kid. What do you think of that? Well, to take a line from the song, You're the Best, history repeats itself. Even though the song was originally written for, uh, I believe it was Rocky III, I'm going to associate that line with, with, with those movies. You know, I bring up a lot of the Karate Kid staples, um, you know, throughout this, uh, you know, because we are making comparisons. Um, I, I think we're just kind of seeing history repeats itself, but I do feel the, the second half of the series does start to hit us a little bit. I, you know, I want to say it lightly over the head with some of the beats from the movies. It does. It absolutely does. So I'm kind of okay with it, but when they started doing it, I go, Oh no, but I thought this was Cobra Kai. I thought this was Johnny and they are rehashing a lot of the same beats. But I'm okay with it. And that's kind of what I was teasing a little bit in the last episode. I mentioned that with every single episode I watched, I thought it was equally it was equally great as the previous one. Except for the second half where I started kind of like raising my eyebrow at the very similar beats. Uh, some things I think they do very well, which I, uh, we'll, we'll get to it to see if it's in this episode. Um, but this part, I thought it was a little... I, I felt this was very sitcom-y. I thought it was just very uh, ham-fisted and heavy-handed. 
Yeah, I can see you that know, too. It was a little too much. It's not enough to make me uh, completely swear off the series, but I think it's a, a fair criticism, perhaps. I no, it's an absolute fair criticism. But uh, maybe it was good of the filmmakers to not do that early on, yes. as well. Because at this point, I think we are invested in the show, and I'd hope nobody would fall off by episode seven. Uh, just be based on this, but I can see if this was introduced as soon as um uh, Daniel and Robbie started doing karate, which I know they just kind of started in the show, but if this was something placed earlier on, I think you would have lost some people and they're like, Oh, great, another remake, jump ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also thought it served the story well because Daniel was looking for a student. He wanted to pass on what Miyagi gave to him. Right. And th- that's what this is. That's what this is, but I feel maybe not a kid that you just met that just are working for you too. You know, but maybe he is trying to fill the void because Sam didn't want to do it with him and maybe he needs something to kind of like take up his time, you know, and get his mind off of the whole Cobra Kai deal. You know, we've been kind of preaching it uh hold on, let me think let me think about it. <sighs> Nope, I lost it. What what was the hashtag? <laughs> oh, my hashtag mind your own goddamn business, Daniel. See, so he is doing that here, right? So he is. yeah, so we got to give him that. Um, but I think you know, it's fine. I do like it though. Yeah, I I I'm okay with it, but I can see where it would rub people the wrong way. Uh, so Robbie. He thought he was done. And then Daniel's like, no, you got the other lot. So again, beat by beat, right? That's exactly how it happened in the first movie. Uh, Daniel's like, oh, I'm done painting the fence. Oh, what about the other side? You know? Exactly. Uh, and then also he thinks it's BS. Robbie, that is. And then Daniel does the whole Miyagi reveal. Obviously, it doesn't hit as well as uh, the first movie because that's that was a mind-blowing reveal. We're used to this by now. But they do do it a little bit differently, and it comes off more of a spar, a little bit, more of a spar than the actual, like, show me pent the fence, you know, and then, like, do the attacks as he's uh, reacting, right? These are all muscle memory. So I think we get the sense that, you know, uh, Robbie actually has been doing these for a while. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I actually appreciate now that I'm thinking about it is, what was the first thing that Johnny showed Miguel? Ah, uh, gosh, he showed... How to hit. How to strike. Okay, yes, strike first. The uh, very hit. first thing that is taught at Miyagi-Do, defense. Defense first, that's right. Or so, uh, it's it's news for defense, I guess. Yeah, right. but they're being taught defensive moves first. Yeah. So I, I think that's an uh, interesting contrast. Oh, it is, and it's going to go with each other well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes. so it, wor- it works out that way. So Johnny is instructing and everyone is wearing geese. So, you know, they look like a legit karate class now. And I like this too, because he finds out that he has a room of flinchers and they're like, yes, sensei in unison. I'm like, no, that's not a question. <laughs> I like his reaction. He's like, no, no, no don't answer that. Um, and then he thinks that the remedy to all this is to have Aisha line them all up and punch them in the face. You know what? I can see the logic but it does seem excessively cruel. It does. I agree with what you said. I mean, I understand it. You know what? You got to learn how to take a hit. But this may not be the right way. <laughs> well, it's also showing that it's not the worst thing in the world to get 
a, a fat lip or a bloody nose or a black eye. There are certainly worse things that you can do. And as soon as you get over the fear of that, you can then move on. Yeah. No, I hear you. But uh, Johnny's looking through a Black Belt magazine. I, I do wonder if they are still around. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny if it's like an old issue that he just happens to have. You know, I kind of want to go to Barnes and Nobles now just to see if I could find one. Actually, uh, I, I'm about to answer my own question, but it's got to be a current um, uh, issue because he sees the ad for the All-Valley Tournament. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So and so, I want to bring up something here. I, I kind of been avoiding it just because I was kind of waiting for it to come up. But do you get the sense that they're trying to really uh, point out that this is the under-18 All-Valley Tournament? Yes, which kind of makes me wonder if there's going to be an over-18. Well, yeah. Cause or at we, least uh, different age groups. I just wonder, is that something that maybe we just missed from the original movies? Like, I don't feel that was a thing. But this one, I think they are trying to make it a point to let us know that it is uh, under 18. Uh, because even the stuff that Daniel participated in as a teen, he was under 18. So I, I wonder why the, the the distinction possibly. So, but I don't know. May, maybe you're right. Perhaps a uh, all valley tournament where the senseis can be a part. Who knows? That that That's, is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I'm now officially in the mood to watch the first Karate Kid movie again. So nothing wrong I'll, with that. I'll have to let you know. Yeah, for sure. Hey, hey I may do it too if I have some time. So I loved. <laughs> This scene, because we got to tease it in the previous episode, okay? Miguel wants to talk to Johnny about a girl, but Johnny is more concerned whether she's hot or not. Is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is girl. Is she hot? <laughs> oh, I love Johnny so hard. He's funny. He's so funny. <laughs> but uh, he, Miguel just wants to ask her out. And, you know, Johnny's got some nice advice here some you know maybe could be worded it differently and i think that's um uh, something that's consistent with his character it's about the approach and he doesn't quite know how um he's like girls want to date cobra kai you know he's really set on this like girls love karate thing (laughs) so uh what do you think about this interaction i think i think it's just more great dialogue and performance uh from johnny and william zabka his heart's in the right place, but his head's not. Right. I mean, he's thinking about whether the girlfriend's hot or not. And I kind of now. Do you think it's kind of one of those situations where he would kind of want, like, insist that Miguel date a hot chick because you know his dojo has a reputation to maintain? That could be it, but I do wonder if that's just a a character trait of his. Maybe he just likes hot girls. I mean, maybe that's why like he still thinks about Allie, and perhaps she is the one that got away. Because, you know, um, Allie with an eye, very attractive young woman, and she's smart. You know, she's not like Shannon. We don't know much about Shannon, except for maybe she might be that that woman that was just hot and ended up... Clearly, they didn't work out. It could be more because it's Johnny. But also, maybe she wasn't what he thought she would be and was only with her solely on looks. Yeah, I kind of get the impression that there's a lot of blame to go around in that entire relationship. Absolutely. Honest with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Robbie, uh, Robbie's friends, they have this idea to steal from LaRusso's motor. And, uh, you know, they just want auto parts, rims, what have you. That still sounds like a lot. And you probably want to get a truck first. I don't think they ever get a truck uh, in this episode, but that's okay. 
But um, yeah, they threatened him if uh, he doesn't do it. So already they're starting to kind of turn on him because he's got some reservations, you know, to even like want to do this where he currently works. And, you know, to kind of like be a uh, devil's advocate a little bit, you know, even if his mind was in the wrong place at this point, like that's where he's currently working. What exactly. we see. Yeah. In the previous, what's, what's, the, what's the phrase? You don't shit where you eat. Yeah. And don't get high on your own supply. Well, yeah. that might that might not be used correctly here, but also, you know, the uh, that computer place he was at, he didn't work there. He was wearing somebody else's shirt, you know, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, exactly what you said. So Miguel meets Sam at her locker. I thought this was really cute, too, because he is not smooth, right? He asks <laughs> her out, but she's not ready, right? She just got out of a relationship with Kyler. I find that uh, being really realistic. But, you know, there are some people, men and or boys and girls, who would love to jump into the next relationship to kind of get their minds off things. But again, I think this speaks more to her character because you don't you don't hear this enough uh, out of young women, you know, who they just want time for themselves first. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's uh, the responsible and smart thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know, he doesn't accept defeat. Right. He's a Cobra Kai. So he convinces her it's not a date, but just hanging out. So it gets a way around it. And I think she sees that he's just really trying and she's okay with it. So, uh, and I like this too because it's kind of like a uh, a contrast from the original movie where Miguel outright, you know, he's like, "Hey, you know, I don't, I don't have a bike." And she's like, "Well, I'll pick you up." Well, Danny didn't have a Daniel didn't have a bike, but he was very much embarrassed of his situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like that. But wow, she's got a freaking white BMW. That's that's a pretty car she's got. <sighs> Better car than I have. <laughs> uh, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Robbie uh, kind of figures out how to get the passcode from the, uh, you know, some service part room or whatever. I don't know cars as much as I don't know football. Um, but uh, I thought it was a little clever, but I do question whether or not you still, I mean, if you'd be able to actually, eh, you might be able to make out like the keys that are being pushed, I guess. Well, I'm sure you could, but aren't there surveillance cameras on this place? He does point one out later. Yeah. And I'd imagine it's very much where kind of where he's at right now. You would think so, yeah. It's got to be pointed out the door. That's the best place to point at least one camera is at the door. Exactly. But if you, again, kind of what he told Amanda, he's just taking pictures of the car, you know, for insurance. So it actually, even looking at the surveillance, that actually looks like what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, one could, you know, possibly look at it and be like, I don't know you know he's really holding it as if he's trying to see the passcode you know but i think at that point they'd be like really investigating it but still you're gonna see him going into the uh i mean the moment that they find that there's inventory missing they're gonna check surveillance cameras that is true yep and well who was uh who was around you know the the most recently well what about that new kid exactly here here he is in the footage holding a camera so okay yeah I, i see that Johnny calls to um, register the Cobra Kai in the All-Valley Tournament, and he finds out that Cobra Kai is actually banned for life. And you know what? I This is where I think Johnny, again, we mentioned this in a previous episode, maybe he should have gone with a different name besides Cobra Kai. They didn't ban Johnny, they banned the dojo. But he doesn't know that yet. I'm sure that he had to have heard through the grapevine what was going on. This man that's been out of touch. All, uh, that's all true. Time. That's true. But still, um, I don't know. It, it, I, I still think a lot, of, a lot of his problems would have been solved if he had just done something other than 
going with that old name. Yeah, I I agree with you, but also you're talking about a man who like look at the way he instructs his students as well. He's just taking it from what he learned from Crease. Crease taught him the ways of the Cobra Kai. You know why try? He's I don't think he's gonna sit there and try to like uh come up with a new name, come up with like new things that maybe isn't Cobra related. You know what I mean? That's established in his mindset, and that's what he's gonna teach. Teach what you know, kind of like uh, exactly. what they tell writers: write what you know. Yeah. Um, I could see it. Very great debate about about that though. Again, Cobra Kai is just a you know to take a line that is mentioned here. Cobra Kai is a badass name for a dojo, so it's a badass name for a TV show. Yeah. Now, is Co- I mean, what's sexier? Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do Karate? <laughs> or Johnny's House of Hardcore. <laughs> there we go. I like oh, Johnny's House of uh, House of Pain. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Doesn't quite have the same oomph. No, no. Not at all. So, Hawk, we find out that he's got a tattoo on his back. It's an eagle. Now... The eagle has kind of been brought up quite a bit here. Uh, Johnny has watched Iron Eagle twice on, on his TV. Hawk has an eagle tattoo and Johnny has an eagle poster. Uh, like, uh, I, I think maybe kind of, uh, infused with, uh, there might have been like an American flag on that poster too. So what do you take from this eagle symbolism? Uh, I think it's just that they're predatory birds that, uh, swoop in and, uh, that's about it. I don't okay. think it goes much beyond that. Kind kind of like a cobra kind yeah. of thing. Just a, just yeah. another. What okay. were your What were your thoughts? Um, I I couldn't think of any. I was just like you know the the the, the eagle is coming up quite often, and the only thing I, I could think of is like it's isn't it the the nation's bird? The bald eagle is the bald uh, but eagle there, is. But okay. there are other versions of the eagle. I thought. Good point. And I guess they don't really tell us what kind of eagle. I, I feel like they just use it in a general sense. But okay. So, yeah, I, I couldn't think of it. I was just like, I don't know, Johnny's very patriotic. But then why did Hawk get the, the tattoo? So, yeah, so that's why I asked you. Because I, I didn't have a thought for myself. I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Uh, so Miguel talks to Johnny, uh, Sensei Lawrence here. He tells him, look, do not accept defeat. Like, this is what you taught me. So he's just... You know, uh, regurgitating that back. And Johnny's like, you're right. I'm going to go down there and beat their asses. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like that. And Miguel's like, no, there's got to be a smarter way to fight back. It's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I, I really uh, like this uh, interaction between them. It was good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, the chemistry between the characters is one of the big selling points of this entire series. Yeah, I wonder if like the the actors they themselves like hung out, you know, off camera to kind of like develop this uh rapport, this chemistry that they have with each other. It it'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I I'd hope so. I mean, that's usually what they do, right? Especially when you know they're supposed to be people that are like rivals. They keep them separated, different hotels, di- uh, different living situations and stuff. So that way, when they film, there's that like organic animosity and all that. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool to to find out if they did. So. Amanda and Daniel, uh, they talk about uh, him going to third base with Robbie, I guess, because he's already showing him how to <laughs> trim bonsai trees. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of funny because it's kind of like like a little uh, ribbing, you know, that Amanda's giving him. It is. You know, uh, about I, the whole bonsai. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, well-deserved. Yeah. Very. I I like that. I think that's very much like how a husband and wife would talk. I think she would totally do that. My wife, you know, gives me shit about my podcast all the time. Oh, mine too. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we all can relate here. Uh, and she even brings up like the bonsai shop as well. You know, so there's a little call back there to part three. That was funny. And you know what? As much as I don't like part three, I, I think it's a terrible, terrible movie. I like the fact that they aren't completely ignoring it. Yeah. And because I, how can they? Because that's also the last time we saw Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, you know, because again, the kata, you know, was introduced there. Uh, they have some more callbacks of uh, some other characters as well. Uh, you could have totally not acknowledged it. It would have been fine. But then there's all this wealth of uh, other teachings of Mr. Miyagi that Daniel knows that it, it is kind of nice that they reference and we're like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the third movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For those that maybe ha- don't remember it at all, it's going to go over their heads. But I don't think it's anything that's like, oh, you need to know this reference. Exactly. Yes. So Daniel's teaching him how to trim the tree. And again, uh, the very similar beat from part one where Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel, you know, he tells Robbie to close his eyes, you know, see the tree and whatever. Um, what do you think about this? Because you mentioned like that opening scene also, you know, very much, uh, you know, similar beats to the movie. I thought it, it just kind of... It, it, when I say it's uh, following similar beats to the original movie, I'm not just talking about just one scene. I'm talking about the 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 cumulative effect where it's like, okay, we've seen this before. Why are we seeing this again? Why can't we see Johnny? That's way more badass. Right. And I know they, um, they're developing this relationship. And uh, I, I think, I mean, it will pay off. But I, I did question sometimes like, you know, when the show first started, I was like, yeah, we're getting some Daniel here, but I thought this was more about Johnny. And now at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with seeing this. Robbie is Johnny's son. It's going to go somewhere. But I, I still feel like we could have gotten a little bit more balance uh, between uh, Johnny and also Daniel in this episode. I agree. Yeah. So uh, Robbie gets a text uh, from Trey just reminding him about uh, later that evening. So just dropping that now. Uh, but Miguel, he shows up at uh, Johnny's, and Johnny's looking sharp. You know, he's got a suit on. Um, he found a briefcase uh, in the trash that he's going to use for, you know, perception. Uh, I, I like that. But he, Miguel thinks he's nervous. And he's like, I'm not nervous. I'm just pissed off, you know. And Miguel's like, well, what do you do when you get mad? He's like, I punch somebody. He's like, well, don't do that. <laughs> and just kind of tells them, like, you know, just hold it in. You know, uh, clench your fist or something and just don't hit. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a bad piece of advice, really. No, not at all. Uh, but Miguel is clearly nervous about his date because, you know, he's never been to a party. And so he probably hasn't been on a date. We don't know. It's not said, but you can assume so. Um, but Johnny, you know, just teaches him, look, strike first. You know, apply that what you learn from karate in real life as well. You know, so we're getting some similarities here between the, the two different sides. Uh, and also suggests to go to golf and stuff. Which I thought it was kind of amusing that they went to the exact same place. But again, this episode in particular, it was just very, it's like, okay, we get it. You're, you're a sequel to the Karate Kid. Yeah. When uh, Miguel and Samantha go to golf and stuff, they played the exact same song that played when Daniel and Allie was there. You know, Samantha even says that, oh, my dad used to take me here. But this is where, like, I feel the remake, uh, you know, kicks in. Like, this is exactly Cry to Kid, right? The the very first movie. Uh, This this entire scene, their date at golf and stuff, 
almost identical to Alien Daniel. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that the, the the gulf and stuff? It actually looked a little bit more run down. Oh, really? I I actually thought that the it was sign. Okay, I I didn't take notice of the sign, but I know there's one point that uh, they were. Uh, well, they showed us like that little go- uh, hockey game, you know, which Allie and Daniel also played hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt that it was a little bit more updated, but I'm not saying that it looked a lot cleaner or anything like that, but it could be. But but things, they, you know, some some things don't age well. No, no. But you, you would think at a place like that where it looks like people still actively go, you would, you know, keep up with the appearance and stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't take a look at that stuff. I actually just thought like, hey... Well, this is definitely a remake at this point. I thought their interactions were very sweet, and I actually kind of liked it better than Allie and Daniel. No, I think uh, I think Elizabeth's shoe is a little bit cuter. <laughs> uh, see, and I I love me some Elizabeth's shoe, but I and it's tough to say now because growing up, Allie was always older than me. Okay, mm-hmm. so I felt like it was okay to feel and think of a, a certain way. Now I'm a mid thirties man looking at this character who's sixteen. The actress is almost twenty. I think she might be twenty, nineteen, twenty, somewhere around there. Um, but still, she's a lot younger than me, and it's it's so hard for me to be like, oh, she's very attractive and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I'm still remembering my childhood crush on uh, on Elizabeth Shue as well. No, I, I I totally see what you're going, but uh, I I don't know. I I I feel I feel that. Uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to get attacked on Twitter. But this young woman, Mary Mauser, she's very attractive as well. Uh, but I, I do like her interactions with um, Miguel. Well, I mean, it could be that you're also looking at it from, uh, you're now looking at it as uh, somebody from the younger generation. You know, you're looking at it more from the outside, I think. I, that, that could be it. You know, that could be it. Or I'm just like, she looks like a young Amelia Clark. <laughs> <laughs> now that, I will say, uh, I love me some Amelia Clark. I, I can say that uh, yes. with confidence because she is definitely of age. Well, way closer to mine, at least. All right. So the the All-Valley Committee, I guess we find out that the, the entire tournament hasn't been really doing well uh, in recent years. I, we already got the sense that karate isn't really around anymore because it's really about MMA uh, dojos and stuff like that. I mean, I I live literally down the street from, um, oh gosh, what is his name? I was about to say, you know, the guy with the uh, cauliflower ear, but they all have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he is a, a local guy from here. He is a bigger name. I feel like if I heard it, I, I, um, I can tell you. Oh gosh, I, I'm gonna have to look it up. But we got a MMA uh, dojo right down the street. A uh, popular guy. Uh, he's known. Like I, I feel you might know his name too. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But anyway, there's talk about changing the colors of the mats, which I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that's really? That's kind of it's kind of minor. I mean, it sounds like a waste of money. I can <sighs> maybe maybe you focus on more promotion. Yeah, that's that that would probably be a better use of money, I'd imagine. Because, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, they even say, oh, you, you know, because the, the guy that suggested the color changes, they even say, oh, you know, well, yeah, word really spread as if, like, people showed up because of the color changes. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a weird thing. But perhaps it's like they're so desperate to do anything different, you know, to bring in more people. <laughs> it was to change the colors. That yeah. could be it, too. 
So Robbie uh, has a bit of a change of heart. Uh, he decides that he won't give up the codes to Trey and the kid without a mustache. And uh, they attempt to jump him, but he holds his own for the most part. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, again, I, again, I thought it was just a, a nice progression of the character. Yeah, it really was. And yeah, it's really cool. And this is where like he points to the surveillance camera. You know, it's being recorded, uh, this, this this whole thing. So, yeah, you can see that, you know, things are changing. He's starting to get really close with Daniel and feels bad about it. And not what you would think where this character would go from his very first introduction. Hates his dad, applies over at LaRusso to spite his dad. But now he's building this relationship with Daniel and does not want to hurt Daniel because he's got his trust. So it's a, it's a very good moment. Pivotal, uh, should I say, in his uh, character development. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my next note is that Sam is clearly privileged because uh, we find out that she needs to sit half court, uh, half court seats at the Lakers game. Yeah, I don't think even uh, Jack Nicholson has that good a seat. No, I, I guess not. I wonder if Daniel's ever, uh, you know, spoken to him. What do you think that conversation's like? <laughs> it's like, hey. Uh, you're the guy with the uh, the karate, huh? <laughs> Aren't you a little bit too old to be focused on <laughs> yeah. that still? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a pussy to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Jack would have a lot more in common with Johnny. I I think so. Uh please give me that uh, in the next season. Um <laughs> but I kind of like this too because she she can see it in his face that like, oh, you're talking about something that I've never experienced before. So she kind of like flips the script, you know, kind of changes it, turns it into a joke, which he does the same thing. And I kind of like that. I, I thought this was all very cute. And she invites him to a feature game. Very nice. I thought that was mm-hmm. clever. So the committee, uh, they're kind of going over the Cobra Kai band right now. And this is where they get more references from part three. And it shows us how distanced Johnny was with Cobra Kai. He doesn't know about Terry Silver. That's a guy that assisted Crease in the third movie. Uh, and also, um, kind one of one of the um, weirdest characters in all of cinema. Yeah, he was. He was very cartoony. Yeah, very out of place uh, in in the movie. Uh, but also, uh, there's a mention of Crease. They ask him about Crease, and Johnny says that he he's dead. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that because one of the things that on uh, our show, Jake and Tom Conquer the World, that I was looking forward to was hopefully an appearance by Crease, and to hear that he had died, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I was. And again, Daniel ain't shit because he interrupts and says, oh, come on. And then everyone's like, Daniel, what are you, what are you doing? And he's just basically saying like, look, you know, he's trying to gain sympathy. Like it's not working with me. But, um, you can see that Johnny's holding back his anger too. He, cause he's like clenching his fist and all that. Uh, but he really makes a case for himself. And I really love the scene because, um, you know, he's saying that like the kids are making a difference in his life as well. And I really buy that. I truly do. Yeah, it, it's very evident that he's being a, a better man because of this. Yeah. And everyone but one other guy is on board with Daniel because, you know, the guy is like, well, I know Daniel very well. And so I believe him kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, Johnny, uh, Johnny wins. He uh, he gets the band lifted. So that was nice. And Daniel literally throws a temper tantrum. Like a petulant child. Mind your own goddamn business, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, we get the last scene with, uh, well, not the last scene of the episode, but the last moment with Miguel and um, 
Samantha, I thought this was kind of cute too, because this is obviously different from, um, you know, the Karate Kid movies, but Sam, she, you know, shows him some moves and flips him over. She does this really cool thing, like some sort of like, you know, she grabs his body with his legs and tumbles him over. It's one of those that you have to see. I am not doing it justice by trying to describe what she does, but she ends up on top, uh, top of him and says, like, this is the best date she's ever been on, and she strikes first. No, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was charming. It was. And, you know, we haven't seen a couple um, play off of each other that both know karate. So this is also very different. So that's kind of cool. You know, it's, I, I like how uh, Samantha isn't a soccer player or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the very last scene, um, Miguel and Johnny, they're both calling each other the man. So they both celebrate with maybe whiskey. Did that look like a bottle of Jameson or something? Whiskey or scotch. Either way, it was highly inappropriate, Johnny. Yeah. He's like, we got to get the good stuff. No beer. We're going to go straight to the hard A. And they cheers to Cobra Kai and never accept defeat. You know what? This is this is a pretty good, victorious episode for our characters. You know? Uh, I, I think it's maybe them at their high point in the series, I would say. Yeah, I think everyone is at a good point, except for Daniel. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who? Daniel who? Never exactly. heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I thought it was a good episode, except for the, the fact that this is um, very much a remake of the first movie. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it because I host another show called Original Remake. So I like seeing people putting a little bit of different spin on something, right? Podstalgic a podcast about you know nostalgia in movies and stuff like that. I ate this up, and the only criticism I had was I didn't think they would do anything like this because, again, I'm thinking different direction, different um, uh, anti- protagonist, except for he's kind of an anti-hero kind of. So when they started doing a lot of similar beats, and again, it all started with this episode, that's where I was kind of like, huh, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, too. Uh, I'm just a little disappointed in it that... Uh, because up until this point, it felt very much like a sequel as opposed to a reboot or a remake. Perfect. Yeah, well said. Because that, and that's kind of what we said, and not exactly in those words. Like we kind of been saying, like, uh, you know, yeah, it's a sequel and blah blah blah. But this is, and and I said it earlier in in our cover on this episode here. I said this, this is where the the remake kicks in, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it has become that. Um, so we'll see how it becomes in the next three episodes. So uh, that wraps it up for our episode seven coverage. want to thank everybody uh, for supporting the show. If you're checking us out, hopefully you continue with us till the very end. Uh, we've got three more episodes. If you want to carry the conversation, I have a Twitter and Insta- Instagram account at Podstalgic. Uh, also, I have a group page where I post all of my episodes for everything that I do. Uh, it's on Facebook. Just type in Podstalgic and friends. As for myself, you can find me at uh, on Twitter on the, at the Drunken Dork. You can find me on Facebook at Jick and Tom Conquer the Group. If you want to listen to Jick and Tom Conquer the World, though, uh, just go ahead and type us into any search engine on your favorite pod fix or on your favorite pod catcher. But uh, if you have an Android phone, I can't recommend the pod fix. God damn it. I can't recommend the Couch Party app highly enough because it's going to give you all of our episodes automatically as well as a whole bunch of other great shows. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode, so we'll see you next time. And until then, never accept defeat. Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
For listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.